today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Lango Dean and Dr. Mark Vaughn, sit down with Tony Robinson for a conversation on the power of recognition. Up first is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor, Lango Dean. Next is Corning Incorporated's Manager of Technical Talent Pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Finally, our esteemed guest, Tony Robinson. Emmy-nominated producer, Tony Robinson, began her career over 30 years ago at Baltimore, Maryland's ABC TV affiliate as associate producer for People Are Talking. Tony jumped from local to the Hollywood standard in broadcast production when King World Entertainment hired her as segment producer for the syndicated Tim and Daphne Reed show. As an independent producer, Tony has booked, interviewed, written, and produced talk shows, live events, and syndicated PBS cable shows featuring Fortune 100 CEOs, military leaders and astronauts, and celebrities. Her expertise has brought national recognition to Career Communications Group for over 20 years, co-producing award-winning syndicated television featuring STEM leaders who inspire young people of color. She has produced countless events from Women of Color in STEM and Black Engineer of the Year awards to Hispanic Engineer of the Year programming. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Lango Dean and Dr. Mark Vaughn. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, and welcome everyone to this edition of High Tech Sunday. I'm telling you, I'm really excited about today's conversation with Tony Robinson, primarily because of the fact that she is one who is most used to being behind the scenes. But this day, we get to bring her front and center as we talk about the power of recognition. Welcome, Tony Robinson. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Vaughn, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. You're right. I'm not used to being in the spotlight in a hot chair, so, <laughs> uh, but, but I'm honored to be here to do what we're supposed to do. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, High Tech Sunday is the opportunity to learn more about each guest's story. And so the great place to start is kind of from the start. Can you tell us a little bit about how it is that you came to this role and this area of endeavor. So how'd you get started? Wow. Okay. Well, how I got started, um, I'll just take you back real quick. I remember as a little girl, uh, I would, I love television. I would sit hours in front of the television. My mother and father weren't happy about it, but there was just something about watching people tell stories, watching commercials, all types of different, uh, images and things like that. So I loved television as a young girl. So when I went to started college, um, I didn't necessarily want to be a teacher. Uh, that wasn't my area. I didn't necessarily want to go into engineering or, or psychology, but I heard about radio, television, and film. And I said, that's the ticket. That's what I want to do. So uh, that takes me to Morgan State University. I'm a product of a HBCU, the wonderful Morgan State University. There I majored in radio, television, and film. And I had the opportunity to intern, uh, which is so important. Um, I was able to intern at various stations, but the one particular station that really catapulted me into 
what I do and what I love so much was um, I was an intern at WJZ TV here in Baltimore. And that was my uh, training ground. That's where you would say I had boot camp. And it was an awesome experience. That's when I decided, well, I definitely don't want to be in front of the camera. Um, I like being creating back in back of the camera. So I was able to be mentored by some phenomenal producers and uh, stage managers and people like that. And I just fell into uh, one of my first loves. Uh, at that station at the time, it just happened to be the station where Oprah Winfrey was working. Uh, and of course, Oprah was working on a show called People Are Talking with her, with a co-host Richard Scher. And uh, I happened to be working uh, at the station, not particularly interning on that show, but at that station. And uh, there was programs like Evening Magazine, phenomenal shows that were syndicated throughout. Um, it was Westinghouse Broadcasting back then. So we were syndicated in maybe six or seven different markets. And um, I just remembered being at the place where I just felt comfortable. I just... I basically lived at the station. I had a, a internship. I don't know. I think it was maybe about 15 to 20 hours, but I just took it to like 40 to 50. I would come in, you know, on my days off or what have you, uh, and I just gave my all to it. That's something that I really um, loved, and I found myself being a producer, understanding, being creating, and uh, being behind the scenes was that was the most fun for me. Wow, that is really a great way to begin this conversation, both from the HBCU connection to those who have any familiarity with uh, Baltimore's ABC affiliate know that there were all kinds of great talent that came out of that particular era. So that really sets the bar high for how it is that you got your start. So tell us, as you have had myriad opportunity and experience to connect with so many great producers and personalities, as you mentioned, how did you come to become part of the CCG family? How'd you get connected to Dr. Tyrone Taborn? Wow, I'm smiling right now because that goes, <laughs> we, go, we go way back. Uh, uh, Tyrone Taborn, affectionately we call him now as uh, Dr. T. Dr. T and I met uh, along with the Career Communications group team and Gene Hamilton. We met on a social, uh, on a social level. Um, and uh, back then we were all, you know, media professionals and I was introduced to Dr. T. I don't know. I think it was maybe a, something that he had over his house. It may have been a, a cookout or something like that. And of course, as you know, Dr. T has a phenomenal, um, his personality, uh, a lot of charisma, you know, he's always has great conversations. So he found out that I was work. I worked in television. And during our conversation, I noticed that he had a great personality. As I would say, he had a great television personality. And um, I said, you know, I, I need to book you on one of our shows. So I booked him on a show called Square Off. And uh, Square Off was a public affairs show where they had pros and cons views. And I knew that he would be phenomenal. So again, that's kind of like where our friendship started. And then it um, developed, I guess, into the professional. Um, he did such a great job. And uh, so Dr. T was talking to me at one point in time. This is when I had started working with King World, which was a phenomenal experience. I was working with King World. And uh, Dr. T had called me up and said, you know, uh, you know, I do the Black Engineer of the Year Awards in our conference. He says, but I'd like to televise it, you know, get it televised. What do you think? And I said, hmm. I said, engineering. 
you know, I said, well, Dr. T, I can help you make it sexy. Quote unquote, please do not be offended. Sexy means in television terms, makes it appealing for mass appealing for everybody. So I was like to myself, how am I going to make engineering appealing to the masses? But it was a challenge. I knew I could do it. So I introduced Dr. T to the executive producers over at uh, WJZ TV, which is also a Westinghouse station there. And they did a nice um, um, co-production where um, we produced Black Engineer of the Year awards and uh, Dr. T and uh, the shows had national syndication. And that's kind of like how it started. That's great. And I do know that from my own experience with Women of Color and Black Engineer of the Year Award festivities, that these marquee events that are produced really are, as people say, the Oscars of that particular area of focus and celebration. And we're talking about the importance, the power of recognition. So uh, we're going to jump into that. But before we do, one of the things that anyone who has any connectivity or familiarity with uh, those events, the conferences, as well as those celebrations of the accomplishments of the folks that uh, are brought on stage at Women of Color and Black Engineer every year, if you pay attention, you do see Tony Robinson running around in the background, but it is not a casual thing that you observe. It really does seem to be something more than just a job to you. Can you talk about how you feel about your work? I know that you think of it as a calling. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, I guess in my in my career, um, one of the things when you, you can get mesmerized by the broadcast industry and the Hollywood industry, and I realized that, um, I don't know, I guess maybe, I don't know, some years ago that it was a, it's a gifting, um, it's a gifting from God. And I remember back in my Jay-Z times when I was producing a talk show, you know, the big thing was, okay, you come up with these great ideas, you present them to the executive producer, and they say yay or nay, and then you go and you produce them. And then you have to book the guests, and they have to come in, and then you have to develop that whole show for like 46 minutes and 45 seconds. You give the um, questions to the, um, the talent, the um, host, you know, and you direct the, you help direct each segment. So I remember, oh, well, let me just produce some of these great shows. And I'll be honest with you, they were kind of, Hmm. Uh, what's the word I want to say? They were kind of edgy. That would be uh -huh. a good word. They were kind uh -huh. of edgy. And uh, I can't even tell you the, the titles of some of the things that I was producing back then. But um, I remember, um, oh, that's going to be a great show. And I'm going to, you know, we're going to get great ratings. And we would try to, other associate producers would try to outdo each other. And that's really what you did uh, in a, in a, a fun-loving um, spirit of competition. But I remember I produced this one particular show and there was a call that came into the office and I happened just to answer the phone in the, uh, in the talk show office. And I remember hearing this woman say, she didn't say her name or anything like that. She just says, do you know the responsibility of what you have, what you do there at that station? You know, I just didn't think some of the things that was on this partic that particular topic on that talk show, which I happen to have been producing, she, you know, said that she was just concerned about, you know, what messages sent out to young people and people in general. So I hung up the phone and then I started thinking about it. And I remember, um, I remember uh, hearing from God 
not necessarily an audible voice, but I remember hearing in my spirit, Dr. Vaughn, God said, you know, I give you your gifts and talents not to exploit people or situations. I give them, give them to you so that you can encourage people. And this, just as quick as I gave you your gift or talent is just as quick as I can take it away. And from that day forward, I realized that everything that I do had to have a level of standard of excellence that would please my maker. I'm gonna tell you, Dr. Vaughn, I would have been an excellent Jerry Springer talk show host. And you guys know about Jerry Springer back in the day. Yeah, I would have been producing the Jerry Springers, the Mari Poviches, and I look at them now and I absolutely laugh, but I'm so grateful to God because, and again, I'm not knocking whatever the people do, but that wasn't for me. That's not what I was called to do. That's not what I was born to do. And in what I call my calling, from God, I believe that everybody's born with a purpose. God has a purpose for you. And I believe that, and I having a situation where I had to, um, I literally face uh, death, you know, a situation physically, emotionally, um, you know, I had diagnosed with something that could have killed me, but I refused to leave. And I said, God, I'm not ready to leave right now. I have a 13 year old daughter. I'm, you know, I'm just as, you know, alive as anybody else. And so as opposed to having fear and listening to what the doctor said, I put faith uh, into a, I put it in overdrive, so to speak. And I said that, you know, um, God, I know that you're not taking me off this earth. I know that I'm here for a purpose. I said, but I need to know what your purpose is. I mean, I, I was just in a place where I said, Tony, why were you born? You're here for a reason. What is God's purpose for your life? And I sought that. And, um, it was clear as day. Uh, he told me that, he says, Tony, I created you so you could help other people fulfill their God-given vision and mission, their God-given vision and mission. And because part of my personality is I'll do anything. I'll help anyone to do any, you know, project or what have you that they ask me to do. But, and that's great. But God said, I had to have the energy. He says, I'm going to give you the energy, but you have to spend the energy on what if that person, is that their God-given vision mission that you're helping them with, that I'm assigned you to, whether I'm being paid or not? Um, and that God-given vision and mission, I started looking at, so I started seeing people differently. Um, the calling, like I said, for me working with, and I, I won't jump ahead, but for me working with Dr. T, the team here at CCG, this is a God-given vision and mission that was given to them. And here I've been connected with them for almost 30 something years. That is supernatural synergy. That is what a calling does. That's why I do what I do. Um, and the people that God puts in our, in our group, again, I do not do any of this by myself. It's but the grace of God, the strength of God, and the phenomenal people that come together that God has put on our team, you know, the production team, um, as well as the, 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 the career communications group, the people that come through the doors at CCG, the people that come through the, the doors at the award conferences and seminars and workshops, you know, we are participating, as I believe, in God's big vision and mission. Um, and that is to spread love, peace, information to family and friends by any means necessary. That's great. And and I really appreciate you sharing your uh, a bit of your personal testimony with us. And it, it's clear 
how it is that there's a difference to you between just going about a job and actually fulfilling your purpose. And this, the notion uh, is not lost, I'm sure, on anyone listening that when we get down to it, if we are not fulfilling our God-assigned purpose, then we're really not going to be completing life. Uh, and so we certainly are glad that that you've been left here on purpose. And so we are are looking at the power of the importance of recognition. And so I've got to give some recognition to Lango Dean, uh, our co-host, as I turn it over to her so you can dig in a little bit deeper. Hey, Lango. Hi, Dr. Vaughn. Thank you so much again. Welcome back, Tony. It's great to have you here. It's wonderful, um, the work you do. I have been following your work in person and virtually online for, oh, 20 years more. Um, and I just cannot be excited enough that you are, you have been appointed again to be producer for the Women of Color STEM conference, which is coming up in, what, 70-something days? Um, I'm excited about that, but I just want to go back to something about Jerry Springer there. Um, and um, as much as he was, you know, he was all sorts of things to, to a lot of people, you know, he was born in Highgate. Uh, this is a station that I used for many years when I lived in London. He wasn't such a bad person. And I'm thinking now that how do we put that line between the good of him spiritually as a human being, his humanity, the good of his humanity, and, and the best that he brought to television, and what we take away from that, and how we move from that going forward. Well, um, that's interesting, Lango, that you, um, Jerry Springer was born in London. I did not know that. Um, again, you know so many different things. Thank you for that tidbit there. Um, when I was talking, I was talking more so about the uh, show content. And so you have a host of a show and the host of a show doesn't necessarily, um, basically nine times out of 10 does not direct the content of the show nor the direction of the show. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that. It's the executive producers, it's a production company, you know? So what happens is I think that, um, there's a law or there is a pull in television, um, and you can see this now, um, to the more uh, sensational you get, the more viewers you have, um, the more advertisers you get. So it's kind of like a cycle. So it's not necessarily a person's personality, but you, anybody can get caught up in it. Just like I said, I was on my way to producing show content that I wasn't born to do, that it wasn't assigned for me to do. And it's easy when you're dealing with um, things that are, how can I put this? When you get caught up, how about that? When you get caught up in the moment, you know, when you get caught up in like, oh, like I said, you know, oh, I got great ratings. Oh, I had this show and, you know, I was promoting something that really wasn't something that I was interested in. But I, for me, I have a responsibility. And I think Jerry has a show on now where he's a judge. So again, back then I was, I was using that as a, um, I guess as a, a standard of how television kind of like went to the left. You know, we had the Phil Donahue's, now I'm really dating myself. We had the Ceci Jesse Raphael. Um, we had those types of shows, you know. Um, but again, like I said, there's this sensationalism. So I wouldn't say that that was 
who he is. You know what I mean? I, 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 cause I don't know him personally, but I was saying the culture back then. And I, like I said, I myself is going to get, I was on my way down that path, you know, but um, God had another turn for me. Does that answer? Kind of Absolutely. Amen. And then that, that takes me to, to the next question, which is um, would, something you've always said, uh, two quotes that I remember you saying about the importance um, of promoting science, technology, engineering, and math, STEM, and um, doing it on a platform which has now for many years been, rega been regarded as the Academy of, of STEM. Uh, so what does that mean for you as the leader of a team that produces that? Um, the humanity of it. I struggle to use spirituality because I am more humanist. Uh, it's more about human beings. We're here no matter what color we are. So what does that mean for you? Thank you, Lango. Um, you have such a way of asking questions. You're making me really think and dig deep. <laughs> um, two things. I believe for me, I have a, I'm in a soul, spirit, and body. So I believe the spirit or the humanity of it, it you know, um, the humanity of, of recognizing or the power of recognition, as we're calling it. Um, I think that appreciation, um, I've read somewhere, is a fundamental need for every human. Appreciation is a fundamental need for every person, whether we know it or not. And what I believe that I'll go back to Dr. T here, uh, Career Communications Group has tapped into that about appreciation, uh, recognizing people, recognizing people and talent. And it just happens to be in a particular field called STEM, which the world cannot revolve without science, technology, engineering, and math. And Dr. T, who is a visionary, and by the way, one of the things that I said, my job as a, uh, as a producer is to help people and it goes in with my calling is to help people fulfill their god-given vision and mission so i take someone else's vision and mission and then i embellish it i add to it i actually bring it to life with their assistance but i actually take it with a group of people that we come together with and put it so that you can literally see it on a screen or you see it live on stage down to the minutes, times, you know, how to I execute that that vision for people um, such as Dr. T and CCG. And what I love about what a career communications group does is that the recognition, the appreciation, one of the things that I know that we know we appreciate and the recognition of these corporate companies that come here, they bring their best and their brightest, they bring their talented people here for seminars and workshops and continuous learning but they also come here because they're inspired, we're connected. And what happens is when you come to a conference uh, such as Women of Color or, or, or Bea, you know, you're gonna see people that are recognized. But when we recognize these people, we have to understand for the corporations, it increases productivity and it increases performance. You know, So it's a beautiful, nice cycle. And I love the fact that how I'm in, involved in this, this cycle. Um, again, I've had the opportunity to meet the most incredible people, rocket scientists, you know, sit in the offices of CEOs and, and, and VPs that are friends of Career Communications Group, you know, uh, the Linda Goodens, you know, 
Walt Braithwaite, one of the um, inventors and founders of the CAD system who worked for Boeing. I mean, I would listen to these people's stories and I would meet them. And then my job was to combine what Career Communications Group wanted, Dr. T wanted, and to take the production element and take the storytelling and then put these people on um, the big screen or on award shows. Um, I forgot to mention one of the things that we would do, um, uh, we would do uh, TV shows. Dr. T said, hey, I want to bring this, I want to show people, I want to showcase STEM. I want to show the people who these phenomenal people are. And he unearthed something in me. I, again, I had no idea how STEM was so exciting. I was thought it was so boring, you know, but Dr. T has a way of telling a story himself um, and he knows how to get the word out through the magazine. So I actually kind of like took what they had in the magazines uh, along with like a phenomenal team and we put those on the, out on the screen. For instance, you know, I involved um, the celebrities with engineers and telling their stories. Uh, people like Heavy D, Jada Pinkett, um, Bill Bellamy. These are people that participated in telling the story of successful education, a salute to black achievement, successful education, a salute to Hispanic achievement. People like Eddie Almos, Jimmy Smith. These are friends of um, uh, Dr. T who, you know, we were able to have and book and come on and be on the show. One of the things that I have to say uh, Dr. T was personal is was personal friends with Ruby and Ossie Davis. Do you know that the first Black Engineer Awards show was hosted by the legendary Ossie Davis, who was a personal friend of Dr. T's? That was such an honor to be able to work with him. We had Malcolm Jamal Warner. We had the group After Seven. So we were able to, um, as you say, I call it the Academy Awards of STEM. We were able to bring STEM in such a high um, at a high level, a level of excellence. Um, and showcase the people, their stories. And um, it was just, it was, it's, it is a powerful thing. So it's been an ongoing journey and mission and I've just been so excited to be a part. Thank you so much, Tony. Um, with that, I will hand you back to uh, Dr. Vaughn and he will sort of uh, now tell us what we're gonna see in 70 something days at the Women of Color STEM Conference in Detroit. Thank you. Thank you for listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Lango Dean, Dr. Mark Vaughn, and our special guest, Tony Robinson. This week's episode is brought to you by the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference, taking place in Detroit, Michigan, and online from October 8th through the 10th. And now, a word from our sponsor. From waves of change come oceans of opportunities. This has always been our Women of Color STEM Conference message and mission. Now more than ever, we are expanding our rich history and track record of hosting live streamed award shows and interviews, virtual job fairs, learning and networking experiences to complement our on-site events. We're primed and ready to respond to the challenges from COVID-19 as we reset to rise at our 2020 Women of Color Hybrid STEM Conference on October 8th through the 10th. The world is counting on us. Come ride the waves of change as you explore our limitless oceans of opportunities that can enrich, inspire, 
connect, and support your continued professional and personal growth that have always been the hallmarks of our Women Driven Conference. Together, we can help our nation's industries, government, academia, and the military reset, reinvent, and re-energize. Whether you experience our 2020 Women of Color Hybrid STEM Conference in person or in the comfort of your homes or offices, our physical and digital worlds are coming together in a new direction with an innovative conference platform. Take advantage of distance learning with more expansive seminars and continuing education credits. Attend our job fair in person or virtually. Experience the unmatched expertise of women leaders through invaluable training sessions. Be entertained at our awards events and much more. As always, you belong here within our trusted community. Ride the waves of change as we reset to rise. The world is counting on us. Again, the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference takes place in Detroit, Michigan and online from October 8th through the 10th. Now, back to the show. Wow, that was really, really great to sit in on and hear the conversation about not only the uh, experience with guests and how it is that those opportunities uh, to bring their stories to life and celebrate them were done, uh, but is also begging the question that is probably on the minds of many in the high tech Sunday community. And that is, how is it that tech actually impacts the work that you do? Uh, when we are there at the conference, everything is glitz and glamour at the marquee events. We see uh, the jumbotrons and uh, the uh, announcements and the stories, but uh, technology certainly uh, has to be present in abundance. So can you speak to us about the role of technology, especially today, compared to what it was like 30 plus years ago as you were just starting out? Okay, thanks, Dr. Vaughn, for still um, uh, dating me. I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, so this is really funny. Um, I remember when um, we were in production back then, you had these big tapes called three-quarter inch tapes. Then you had something called the one-inch tapes. You would go into editing, and you would have to edit. But when you would edit, if you made a mistake, it would take you hours to have to go back and recreate that and relay. It was called analog video back then. And um, I remember, you know, who thinks that you're going to come up to something that's on a little disc, you know, smaller than your um, thumbnail or what have you. But uh, I remember, um, you know, from us going from the beta format to, uh, you know, all those different things down to CDs and CD-ROMs. And then I remember um, when I was producing, and this is actually during the time when we were producing uh, Career Communications Group, we had a phenomenal broadcast arm of productions where we were producing syndicated shows that were just phenomenal. 
Um, matter of fact, I'm sorry, I don't mean to get off the point here. I'm sorry to have this ADD conversation with you. But I remember we went to California and we produced the Hispanic Engineer of the Year Awards with uh, Paul Rodriguez and Ossie Davis. And back then, you know, we had the jib arm cameras. It was a five camera shoot. We were in California, LA, you know, producing the best and finest. And we had a truck. I mean, like where we would mix everything in the truck. We were recording a truck. Uh, uh, um, it was, you know, it was like a big, big, huge production. And it was very expensive as well. And now you look at those things, they're coming down to where you had cameras and tripods that weighed um, uh, 80, 90 pounds. Now you have these little cameras right now. You have editing equipment that's just on a laptop as opposed to um, having, you know, again, one inch reels. You know, back then we would have to send these one inch reels of the TV shows to the different uh, stations that were going to broadcast. But now, of course, you have satellite. And more importantly, you can just stream things and put things exactly within um, seconds. So one of the things that the technology is things are crisper. They're, um, there's, it's, everything is fast, 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 fast. Whereas we would have to do uh, dubs and you would lose generation, everything, the quality of your picture. So, you know, we went to standard def, you went to high def. 4K, 8K, some of those things I still don't know. It's always changing. Formats are always changing. And one of the things that, that we do, my team, um, 360 Media Productions with Kurt Simmons, who is our director and technical arm of a production, you know, we have to incorporate that at the award shows now. You know, one of the things that Dr. T, we've been streaming for several years now, you know, so we have to move just as fast as technology is, especially you know, we're involved in STEM. So you'll see lights and things like that. Uh, it's still the basic, you know, um, set up your equipment. You know, you want it to be glitz and glammy as it can be, but you'll see different things that we have on the stage as it relates to lighting and effects. You know, seeing the technology um, grow as it has in the past, you know, we're trying to, again, incorporate those things um, on the screen. So again, you see beautiful effects, you see crisper sound, um, you see lighting things, again, like I was talking as it relates to those LED screens um, on stage. Um, so we've really worked really hard to incorporate our technology, the new technology um, as it's ever growing and we try to translate it. Once you come to the award shows and you see all those um, high tech looks and things like that. And just real quick, I just wanna add this, um, how things have changed over 30 years, we didn't have the super information highway. I'll never forget Dr. T um, had me come into his office years ago, and he said, um, there's something that's absolutely new that's gonna be taking the, the technology world by storm. And I'm like, okay, Dr. T, what is that? It's called the World Wide Web, super information technology. And I remember sitting in his office and him telling, uh, telling me about it, and here we are today. So probably before many people's times, and our engineer, Brandon's time, there was no such thing. I mean, well, excuse me, let me just put it like this. There was not a super information technology worldwide web over 30 years ago. Now that's what we use to get research, how we get to connect with one another. So I would think those are one of the things that we've used um, within the production world um, as it relates to technology. Wow. Uh, and and again, I've 
I've had the opportunity because of the work that I've been fortunate to do uh, in collaboration with Career Communications Group on, on behalf of my company and our award winners. I've been behind stage. I've seen a little bit of behind the scenes. And I want to talk a little bit about what I have observed about your demeanor and that of your team. But before I do that, uh, you mentioned uh, some folks that are kind of in the annals of uh, the history, uh, thinking about Ozzie Davis and, and personalities like that. Can you think about what might have been one of your favorite production moments over the years that really stands out and uh, perhaps is one that uh, comes to mind uh, most readily even now? Wow. Okay. Let me see. There's, um, I remember the uh, Morgan State University um, marching band, Black Engineer of the Year Award winner at that time was Dr. Eugene Deloach. And I remember, um, okay, well, how one of the pieces that we do in Black Engineer Awards at the conference, at the gala, is um, everyone's highlighted, their stories are being told. We have a phenomenal scriptwriter who helps develop, develop the, with along with the, the honorees, um, we, helps to develop their speeches, you know? And um, so there's a part where, for the Black Engineer of the Year Award winner, and as well as the Women of Color Technologists Award, um, there's a special something that, um, or special sauce that I like to, uh, the team, like we like to have to honor them, you know, within that five minute piece of entertainment piece at the end of the evening. And I know that it's to be, to honor them, uh, you know, we talked about recognition, but there's something that's that's close to their heart uh, that they don't know that I know. And how do I do that is, you know, I talk with either their executive assistants um, or a family member or the executive assistants give me their information. And we do our research. Our team does our research. So we find out what's close to them, what means something to them. How, what were their life's challenges? How did they make it? What resonates in them that they would allow us to share? And so I know that Dr. Eugene Deloach had a, has a love for Morgan State University. So what better way, you know, would to be to honor him with the Morgan State University marching band at the award show? So I thought about it and I was like, I talked it over with my team and it came to me, why don't we just have the the, the, words, the band come from the back of the auditorium, out from the side, you know, because if you know anything about HBCU bands, it was going to be a phenomenal evening. So we had to rehearse the Morgan State Band at the, at the um, hotel without making sure that Dr. Eugene Deloach was not anywhere downstairs in the seminars or workshop room. So we had to have him, we had somebody take him up to his room while we did that. So anyway, it was a big surprise and they came in I'm telling you, it was a standing ovation. Um, all I wanted to see was Dr. Deloach's face. And we make sure that we have cameras on our honorees when those types of moments happen. And if people had their cameras out, and it was just a phenomenal event to see that he was just so touched by it. But our job, again, is to recognize them, is to honor them. Um, you know, I've, we've gone as far as uh, Dr. Pamela McCauley, the Technology of the Year Women of Color uh, awardee last year. Now, how do you surprise a woman like that? You know, and I've actually known, uh, she's been a friend of Career Communications Group for almost those amount of years that I've known, uh, been here and known Dr. T. And 
I found out that she had a very special mentor uh, from her high school days, high school, early college days. And so what we do is we found pictures and I actually um, had a conversation with one of her teachers or mentors. And uh, I actually had her on a telephone and I would interview her and talk to her. And she told me some phenomenal things. She sent me pictures of Pamela uh, when they were together. And then I actually was able to get her grandson to tape a congratulatory message that surprised Pamela, Dr. McCauley, um, sitting in her seat. And again, we had a camera on her. So those types of things, again, I would just give you another example. We did uh, Dr. Freeman Grabowski. You know, he has such a love for young people and um, he's such an inspiring person. Um, so I said, how are we gonna surprise him? And our scriptwriter, Merlin Bagel, told me about a young man who was blind who was a phenomenal performer. He actually performed on a, a tryout for Glee on television. And make a long story short, I talked to this gentleman and he actually um, worked in technology himself. He actually also had a, uh, he had an Apple phone, an app that told him what colors um, he was wearing that day. Uh, he was so self-sufficient. Um, he would just travel all over in his Uber and go to work or what have you. So, and he was very talented. So I found out, one of the songs that was inspirational to Dr. Hrabowski. And uh, we had this gentleman, this young guy on stage and Dr. Hrabowski was so touched, you know, tears were coming in his eyes. Again, we always have our camera on our honorees sitting in the audience before they come out. <laughs> and um, actually what happened was Dr. Hrabowski was so touched by this young man's performance that he actually gave his award to him. Wow. After the show, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's the, the, you know, the, the, it's a big circle of, like you said, we talked about the power of recognition, you know. Um, so hopefully I answered your question. Hopefully it didn't go on oh, too long. No, you more than answered it. And I'm so glad that you recounted the particular event with Dr. Deloach. I was in the audience that night. And when the band started to play, I saw his face. And then I looked at all the faces of the people around me. It was, it was impossible for you not to do three things in that moment. Number one was have your mouth hit the floor because you absolutely had no clue what was going on. When the brass section and the percussion did their thing, it resonated through your bones, okay? So, so that was number one, your face hit the floor. And then like uh -huh. you said, instinctively you knew I got to capture this. And so I'm trying to figure out how to go live on Facebook. And then immediately people started responding and it became more than black engineer. It became this almost universal moment of celebrating with this unique, accomplished, sacrificial man. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't use these words, um, I hope, uh, dramatically. It was epic. It was an epic moment for Black Engineer. And so the, the third thing, after you got your face up off the floor and figured out how to how to go live, you actually, I, I stood there with tears in my eyes, not so much because of the experience, but because it struck me how thoughtful the people that pulled that off had to be. 
to make that moment so memorable for all of us, yes, but for Dean Deloach. It just made you glad that it was something you were there to be able to share. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really glad that you that you pointed that out. Um, so let me talk about your team, because like you've stressed um, uh, earlier in the conversation, uh, this is not something that any one person could do, although I have, like I said, witnessed you in action. And it's not like the Hollywood uh, a stereotype where a producer or a stage manager or production lead is running around screaming and yelling at people and all stressed out. There really is this sense of peace. And I was really um, very uh, uh, struck by the fact that uh, while oftentimes there's a, um, a head end or or a command center or a war room uh, at these events where the, the folks who are, are responsible for pulling it off actually congregate. Uh, I learned that you don't call your room a war room. In fact, it's a peace room. Can you talk about that in terms of the dynamic with you and your team, especially when it's go live time? Okay, excellent. Well, <laughs> you know, there are basically there are war rooms and a command rooms, but I would say, um, Dr. Vaughn, early on in my career, uh, when you're in, I don't know if anybody has ever seen that show, it's a classic network television. It's like, you know, um, there's something that happens when you're, uh, when you're doing something and you have to deliver something live, you know, because there's so many things that can go wrong or what have you. So you do get to be um, uh, kind of intense. And yes, I was extremely intense producer at one point in time. And uh, um, to be honest with you, um, I was a, I used to volunteer. Uh, I used to work with volunteers at, at a church for 13 years. I worked in ministry at a church working in the media ministry. And I had to learn real quick, fast, in a hurry. I had to learn that you're working with volunteers. So that same standard of, you know, when you're saying things to people like, hey, I need you to get over here. I need you to take this shot or what have you. It didn't work. And uh, God showed me that you know, um, it may be acceptable, but it's not right. So spiritually, I had to learn how to appreciate people and talk to people. And um, so therefore, it carried back over into my career. And I realized that, you know, God had given me the gift of exhortation. And exhortation is showing appreciation, recognition, um, you know. And so I realized that I had to set a tone you know, and actually it was really God-given, you know, you need to set a tone in your office, you know, people that are on your team, because I want to make sure that you prayed about everybody. In other words, pray that you, that the right people are brought to the project. One of the things that um, I love about um, CCG, the team that Dr. T and Gina put together, they work so hard in, uh, you know, from the magazines, um, from their social media, from all their, everything that they do and produce with such a spirit of excellence, they give us something on, they give us information on a gold platter, as I like to say. Our job is to present it back to them in the world on a platinum platter. So I realized in order to do that, um, I had to have some type of peace you know what I mean? I had to have some type of um, synergy. So that room that you talk about, people love to come into our room, so I've been told, because number one, I set the tone. I pray, 
You know, we pray in that room. We pray for the team. We pray for the honorees. We pray for the companies. We pray for the leaders. We pray for the seminars and workshops. We literally pray for that conference from people traveling, you know, and that we honor people and we give them their just desserts, you know, and um, we pray from the very head of CCG to the corporate people, the corporate leaders and CEOs, because we know that we're there for one thing and that's to recognize, that's there to learn. And so I felt as though um, because of the intensity of, you know, you're working with high power um, personalities, you know, anything can go wrong. So I have to give, I have to make sure that my team is centered. You know, I have to be centered. You know, there's times that we're there 24 hours in our production room. You know what I mean? People are coming and we have to answer questions. Like we're the last stop before you see someone on stage. You know what I mean? It has to go right. It has to be right. So one of the things that I do, I said, okay, well, I'm going to have to have my, my, um, um, sign. I have lots of signs that are, um, you know, faith, family, and friends when you come in the room. It's a haven. I have like a rosemary aromatherapy going on. It's not a spa, but it's <laughs> close to it. We also do, I have like my Himalayan salt lamps. But when you come into that room, because it's been bathed by prayer, and I also have what everybody loves to come in. I have candy, chocolate, things to keep us going, what have you. And we have a big center table and we sit down because things are so intense, because we have script changes, people aren't going to be there. You know, I got to call, I mean, it's just endless things and everything has to be tracked. So you have our stage managers, you know, who are phenomenal. You have my directors that are phenomenal. You have the people that are in the ballroom. Then you have like the, um, um, you have Merlin Bagel who was hearing you know, all different types of changes and things like that. But at the end of the day, we have to put all that out like everything is wonderful and beautiful. And it is, you know, it's a family atmosphere. It's a faith and faithful atmosphere. It's a friendly atmosphere. You know, it's there's a saying that was um, that I heard someone um, say, um, you're never trusted for the things that you claim, but you're always trusted for the things that you survived. Dr. Wow. Miles Moreau. Very um, good. Par paraphrasing it. So what happens is, we pray, we make sure that that room is a place where people come in, that you're greeted nicely, you know what I mean? Um, I make sure I have lights up or what have you, but there's, there is a, there's a place where people just come in from different offices that are, you know, have their command centers. They say, can I just sit in here for a moment? Absolutely, you can just sit in here. But in the meantime, we are getting business done. I mean, we're doing, you know, we have to go over every script. You know, we have to go over every detail from what side of the stage that you enter in and how long you're gonna be on this stage. So there's so many different things. And that's for like six or seven different shows for Bea. Women of Color is like four to five. So it's a blessing. God told me that I am supposed to be, if I'm a leader, then I've got to lead the way that he wants me to lead in order for things to work. So I can tell you what, after hearing that, um, the next time I have the opportunity, I'm going to find the peace room. I'm going to chill, have a candy bar and a Coke, okay? Um, but I, I think, because what you what you described really is a sanctuary. And yeah. I really think that yeah. that is something that people need uh, in a what would normally be a pretty high stress time. You know, you're going out on stage. There are thousands of people. And uh, there's all kinds of 
things that are running around people's minds, and then you've got you and your team. And so I think I, I think I have time for maybe two more quick questions because I think you almost went there um, uh, in, uh, with with one of the things that you were saying. Uh, you were talking about how things can change. You say scripts can change and 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 uh, directions can change. We talked about uh, the the most memorable. Uh, experiences, production experiences that you've had. Can you talk about uh, something where you had to literally make major change on the spot and perhaps us in the audience never had a clue? Good God almighty. How many times? <laughs> I have a lot. I can tell you. Okay. Um, alrighty. So uh, let me see. This happened some years ago. Um, one of the things that's really um, so, 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 so edgy for us is knowing where everyone, okay, I, the, the, the worst thing that I think can happen for me for a live production, and we run it just like it's a live television production, again, that's my background, live television talk, um, is to not have the person on stage or backstage when they're supposed to be back on stage. Because that means if they're not backstage, that means people thousands of people that are sitting in the audience are wondering where is that person uh what's going on so that is one of the things that i lose sleep at at night sometimes so what happens is if a person does not come to their rehearsal um so what happens is what i have to do the night before or that night of i have to i have their information i'll call their hotel room um i will look for them i will either call one of their um corporate leads and make sure that they're going to be there um, so, because we just have to know anything could happen. Someone could get sick. I don't know. They're not going to be there or what have you. So we also know where they're seated. Um, we also have runners. And if someone is not backstage, you know, during rehearsal, you're told exactly by our stage managers, we have it down when you come backstage. We don't tell you to come back with time. We tell you to come back when you hear this person's name that's called. Usually it's about four to five people ahead of when you're supposed to be backstage. So I'm, um, when you see me running around, that's one of the things that I'm doing to make sure that our presenters are on one side, the honorees are on the other side. You know what I mean? And so what happens is there was one time when um, one of our um, presenters um, wasn't there. I saw them earlier that day, um, but mm, they didn't necessarily come to practice. But, you know, I knew that they didn't have to because, you know, we had already kind of touched base. But make a long story short, uh, we were like 10 minutes out and um, my... Um, interns uh, assistants came and said we can't find we can't find this person so at that point in time I'm like oh my god where's that person so in the meantime what I do is I I let um, my CEO know Dr. T he has to know what's going on because he's sitting out in the audience and I have to make sure that he you know is involved in the loop so I actually text him texted him and uh, make a long story short the person did not realize that they were on the show and so what happened was um, they were maybe 20 minutes away. So we had to do some quick rewriting. I had to get uh, a message and wrote up what the MC was going to say because you don't have time to go change it in a teleprompter. So we have great MCs, by the way. So I was able to give the MC when she came off stage, gave her the information, she went back on. We had someone else, it was seamless. No one knew, um, no one knew what had happened. But those are types of things that uh, um, can happen, you know. If that, and I think that would be like the the most in you know the most 
scary thing on my part, but I always have to have a backup plan. I think one of the things that I don't know if I mentioned before, one of the things that the main prayers is that God, I pray with our team, please make sure that you catch, if we don't catch it, please make sure you catch it and you let us know ahead of time. And if not, you please just be the safety net. And I can truly say that he's never let me down. He's never let me down. Hope that answers your question. Oh my gosh, it absolutely does. And like I said, the cool, cool thing is that I'm sure there have been times when that was going on and folks like me were sitting in the audience and just as impressed about the flow, never know uh, the kinds of things that are happening behind the scenes. And I think that that's really when you know that you've got a team that has been called together on an assignment. I, I like what you said about you've learned how to not just look at the resume, but you've sought God regarding, uh, is this uh, the, the right resource for this assignment? And so as we, as we wrap up the conversation, I wanna go back to um, one of the, uh, I guess, best practices um, that you have uh, when it comes to uh, prepping for the conference. Uh, I know that we've talked a little bit about that process, but uh, is there anything that you would add uh, regarding prepping uh, for these events that really uh, reach the masses? Right. I, I want to just be real clear. You know, you're you're talking about the, the the element of of what our team brings to you know production team, but I could not, and our team could not get there if it wasn't for um. It's and it's true. It's so true. Um, Ray Kennedy says this all the time. He says that um, teamwork makes the dream work, and um, it's so so true because. It's like your body, you know what I mean? You have to have every part, everybody plays a part. For instance, and you talk about sitting in those chairs in that audience, you know that those chairs and those rooms, you know, you, if you remember, sometimes you come in and there's a, tur there's a table with lunch for the luncheon. Then you come back in and there's a theater style seating. You see thousands of chairs there. Well, all of that, and you see the stage, but you may see the stage and the stage changes, but the preparation of the room, the time that we have to turn that around, um, Al Rutherford and Associates, who's the conference director, like we have to work in, in tandem with them. You have the registration team, the CCG team, the, um, you know, how it's all put together. You know, you know, we have creative calls, you know, uh, and, and again, a lot of this creativity um, comes from, we meet weekly. We have weekly calls where we have Gene Hamilton who leads us in that, in, that, in that aspect, you know, and I'm just producing the award part. We didn't even talk about the seminars and workshops and those the phenomenal world-class workshops that the team here puts on, you know, the registration, getting these packets together, you know, down to, you know, Brandon who's stuffing the packets, you know, uh, as it relates to, we have like 400 and something winners, excuse me, honorees that come across the stage at the luncheons, you know? Well, how does that all get done? It gets done here, you know? And so again, it's everybody has this part. And I just think that for me, we put the sizzle in it at that night, you know? And uh, so that's the thing that, you know, everybody comes dressed and they're glamorous and, you know, what have you, you know, we're just laying out a meal that's already been prepared by the chefs, you know, Career Communications Group, Al Rutherford and Associates, the hotel staff, down to the people that set those chairs and clean the tables and bust the tables and things like that. There's this unique 
way of making sure that the dinner's coming out, you know, in the middle of the show at the right time. So there's this big cooperation. So it's just a huge, big, like I said, it's a supernatural synergy that I know that I feel so blessed to be a part of. And I know that I would not be out, be here for the grace of God. And I'm just very grateful. Well, we are very grateful that we have had the opportunity to have this conversation. Tony Robinson, it has been enlightening. It has been engaging. And we appreciate you for making this celebration accessible. I'm sure that I speak for Lango, Dean, and the entire High Tech Sunday team when I say it's been a pleasure and we look forward to what is next with the Women of Color Conference in October. Take care and uh, we will stay in touch. Uh, that's it for me. Brandon, take it away. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communication Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students, and this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.